Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, a big welcome again to today's service. I hope that you've had a great time worship. I believe that God really met you, uh, that you were able to engage with heaven. Uh, wherever you're tuning in from, whatever you're tuning in from, just so pumped and excited that we get to do this together uh, today, tonight, in the morning, <laughs> in a cafe, who knows where it is. But love that the body of Christ can still engage with the message and the story of Jesus through his word. And so I really believe that as we unpack over the next 20 or so minutes, the narrative of scripture, that your life is going to be impacted, hopefully not just in a theoretical sense, but really in a practical sense. I'm believing that God's going to meet you exactly where you are. And collectively, uh, we're going to take a step further, closer to Jesus. You know, I've been encouraged just recently that the gospel of 2000 years ago, what Jesus did on the cross and the redemptive story of really God's plan all throughout scripture is still true today. And I want to encourage you from the get-go, let's all lean in. Let's all have a bit of excitement, a bit of readiness to receive, not from me, uh, but from God really. And uh, so I'm believing for that for you today uh, as we listen and unpack the narrative of Scripture. But first as well, let me introduce myself. (laughs) I should probably do that. My name is Isaac, and I get the great privilege to be on team here at Elevation. uh, And I'm really excited to share the story of Scripture with you today. We're going to be reading from 3 John. uh, And so uh, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If it's on a phone. I won't judge you because I can't see you, but really get something paper. Just let the awkwardness of that set in. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, 3 John, uh, very short letter written uh, in the New Testament. And so just going to unpack really one verse. uh, It's going to kind of, we're going to camp around for today's uh, message. So it says this in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Let me read that again. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Uh, today, really, I just want to camp around this simple idea of something that God's really been personally challenging me in over the past few months is this idea of soul health, is this idea of I- internal health and wholeness. Uh, and, you know, I think we live in a world right now that is so focused on an external image. It's so focused on a persona It's so focused on the mask that we wear that we can neglect actually the deeper healing and thing that God wants to do at a soul level. And so really my goal through this is not to be an expert. It's not to come and have all the answers, but really I want to frame up a conversation that hopefully you can actually take the ideas, take the the, the concepts that we talk, the biblical truth that we talk about today, really back into your own personal relationship with God in your own family, with your friends, and begin to unpack this idea of what does it mean to have a healthy inside? What does it mean to have a healthy soul. I'll read this again, 3 John. Just just let this sink in. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. I'll tell you right now, your inner world is important to God. Your inner being is important to God. And so I'm just going to unpack this uh, together. I'm going to pray and then and then we'll jump into it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you right now for this moment that we have together. My heart really, Lord, is that this would not be a message Uh, that I would speak, that I would share, but honestly, that I would just be a vessel for heaven today, that your message, 
that your truth, that the reality of who you are, Jesus, would just be so real for us that there would be an, an, a desire inside of us to ultimately know you more. And so, God, I just pray right now that there would just this, be this collective step wherever we're watching from, uh, whatever church, whatever location, INC, Elevation, doesn't matter that as the body of Christ, we together this morning would begin to unpack the narrative of Scripture as we look at soul health. God, that you would help us continue on this journey that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen and amen. I heard you loud and clear then, don't worry. Well, before we kind of unpack into that, does uh, anyone remember when you kind of first moved home? Uh, I got married early 2019, just before COVID in 2020, thank goodness. Uh, my wife and I got married in April the 13th. Still remember the date like it was yesterday. Uh, but obviously with getting married, lots of new things happened. Uh, one of them, uh, like I said, along, um, among lots of things was that together we got to move into a house. And uh, you need to understand for me, for the entirety of my life up until this point, I had lived with my parents at the exact same house. Never changed suburbs, never had to pack, never had to put things together, unload them, transport them, never had to do any of that. I lived in the exact same house for the entirety of my life up until this point. I might just add, in case my parents are watching, I did live happily for the entirety of my life up until that point. Uh, but when I got married, obviously I'm not staying with my parents, no way. We, we moved into our new house and there was so much excitement for that. For me, it was the fact that I got to move. Like I said, never done it before. Uh, the, the novelty quickly wore off though as I had to realize the the, the labor required <laughs> to actually transport uh, furniture and clothing. I didn't realize how many shirts and shoes and stuff that I just accumulated. But anyway, uh, we got there and we moved into this house and there was lots of things that I loved. You know, it was cool for the first time to have ownership over a house, you know, that you got to clean your house. You got to cook for your house. You got to take the bins out. Man, I still fail at the bins. If there's anyone that still fails at taking the bins out, it's like you hear it at six o'clock in the morning, the truck's coming past and you're like, oh no, the bins, they're full. They're not out. What are we going to do? So normally what I do is empty it into the empty neighbor's bins, but don't tell them, just kidding. Uh, but one thing that I kind of loved when we moved into our house is there was a garage. Now you got to understand, I never had a garage. Never had I had a garage up until this point, but uh, I love the garage, not for what you might think, not because we got to park our car in there. Actually, we don't park our car in there, but this is what I've learned as we've had our own house. Now everyone does this, the mad rush to clean up your home before a guest arrives. We all understand this. We all know what it is. But the reason I love a garage is it's the perfect hiding spot for all of your stuff. The stuff you don't want people to see, the stuff that's dirty, the stuff that makes your home look cluttered. Because why? We want to make sure that when our friends come in, they know that we have our house put together, right? And so we just chuck all of the stuff in the garage. We close the door, zip tight because it's going to burst at the steams. But hey, no one sees it. So it's out of sight. It's out of play. People walk in and they say, wow, you keep your house amazing. Look how tidy this is. Look how clean this is. And I go, yeah, we live like this 24-7. Um, now, actually, when I go to people's house, I actually ask the question, hey, I'm just really interested recently. Can I like see the layout of your garage just to see if they sweat? Like, you know, if they're like me and chuck all their stuff in there. But it's funny that I've learned to love the garage, not for housing a car, but for hiding stuff. And, you know, the reason I share this story is actually because I think as I reflected on this passage of scripture, I think it actually sets up how you and I relate to our soul. What I mean by that is we can be so focused on presenting something that looks good, on presenting a persona or an image or, or even a facade, a performance that looks good. So people passing by go, man, look at them. They have that together. They look like this, man. They're doing so well. 
but our metaphorical garage, our soul, we've just cluttered all of this stuff, all of this mess, all of this dirt. And on the inside, there's a gap between what people see and how we really are. And so I just want to be open and honest. Like when was the last time you stopped, you paused and you asked yourself, how am I on the inside? What is my soul telling me? I know that right now I can have the image, I can have the facade, but when you stop and you pause and you go, what is life like for me on the inside? You know, we are in the pursuit of accumulating things, gaining status, climbing corporate ladders, getting gadgets. But I wonder, is that just a band-aid to cover something unhealthy on the inside? Throw a global pandemic into the mix when you're actually forced to stop. A global pandemic when you're actually forced to actually stop the routine of life. You can't do what you used to do. And all of a sudden there's this inner world that you didn't even, maybe didn't even realize was there, but you have to face what's on the inside. And we wonder why people now more than ever are climbing in mental health issues. There's worries, there's fears, there's concerns, there's anxiety, there's depression. And yes, that could be for lots of reasons. Again, I'm not an expert, but I wonder if what's happening throughout a global pandemic is that we're actually stopping the busyness of life and it's forcing us to face the garage inside of us. The stuff, the hurts, the angers, the jealousies, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the, idea, the thoughts, the thinking, the, the, the lust, whatever it is for you that you've put in the inside of you because no one sees that and the busyness of life has drowned out the cry of your soul. You know, it's fascinating for me when I talk to people throughout the last three months, I thought, man, you know what is going to be the resounding narrative on people's lips is that, man, I got to spend more time with my family. Man, there was less to do, so I got to spend more time in the Word of God. Man, there was less that I had to do, so I got to spend more time having a Sabbath. I got to spend more time refreshing. But what's fascinated me is that we've actually filled the gaps of the calendar that things have been removed with other stuff. And the same thing that we heard in January, we're hearing now, I'm busy. I'm busy? I'm tired. Tired? Like the world has stopped. And I want to pose this to you. I think busyness is the cry of an unhealthy soul. Tiredness is the cry of an unhealthy soul that we don't actually want to stop. We don't actually want to look inside. We don't actually want to address what's going on the inside. So when the world stops, we don't take the opportunity to, to, to dig deeper into the Word of God. We don't take the time to actually look at ourselves. No, no, we try to fill the calendar again because we're scared of what lies within. But let me read you what we read in 3 John. Again, he says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. You are designed to live with a healthy soul. You are designed to live with a healthy inner world. So I just want to unpack two quick things today. Again, hopefully we can begin the conversation together and that this can stir you on to maybe chat to people, to maybe talk to friends, to maybe look inside. Maybe, maybe you need to spend time with God and say, God, is there something on the inside of my life that I've neglected for so long? Stuff that I've put in my garage that everyone might think I'm good, but on the inner world, on the inner, inner being of who I am, there's something that I just know isn't quite right. Because here's the thing. I promise you this, Jesus paid for your inner health. Jesus paid so your soul could be healthy. And so I want to kind of look at that today. So the first thing 
uh, I want to look at is a, f- a passage of scripture found in Matthew 11. Uh, if you want to turn there, you can turn there as well. Verse 28 to 30. Again, passages I'm all sure we've heard. But I, I, th- I find it funny that when it's passages we've heard a lot, we can actually just glance over them and they lose the power inside of them. So let me read this. Jesus is speaking and he said this, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Catch this. You will find rest for your souls. Let me read it again. Come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy laden. I'm sure we've all heard this before, but let's just stop, pause and let it sink in. I will give you rest, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. What I find fascinating is he doesn't say you'll find rest from your calendar or rest from your schedule. He doesn't say you'll find rest from your work or rest from your responsibility. What he offers you, there's an invitation that there is rest for your soul. 3 John, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you. You may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Matthew 11, I offer rest for your soul. I wonder if Jesus, I wonder if God understands there's something more powerful than external health. It's actually inner health. I will give you rest for your souls. The first thing, how can we begin to start uh, reflections I've been having over this season personally? How can we begin to start to have a healthy inner soul? First of all, I think it begins by accepting Jesus' invitation, like simple accepting Jesus' invitation. How often I find it funny that we as Christians can try to over complex, make something complex, tongue twister, that's actually just simple. Jesus just says, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest for your soul. You want to be healthy on the inside? Understand that it begins by accepting Jesus' invitation. Here in Matthew, he offers you rest for your soul. I wonder if Jesus knows that what we really need is inner rest, is inner peace. You know, in the modern climate of 2020, (laughs) a way that our world is going right now, I think this invitation is more relevant than ever, that Jesus would offer you rest for your soul, rest for your inner world. See, we have an innate intuitive sense that we are designed to be at peace, both on the outside and on the inside. You are designed to have a healthy inner soul. So what do we do though? We try to band-aid and fix what's wrong on the inside by external things, Uh, by trying to eat better, which is great, by trying to exercise, which is great. The Bible says there's value in that, by trying to uh, climb the corporate ladder. Great. That's not a bad pursuit. By trying to be the most popular. Fine. If that's all of these things, but they're band-aids. And if we don't address our our inner world, our soul, then ultimately we're going to be worse than before. Why? Because Jesus understands, I think, in Scripture that there is something powerful about a healthy inside. So what you need to understand here, uh, what I've been looking at is when Jesus says, yoke, take my yoke upon you, it might be like, that's a bit random, Jesus. What do you mean by that? Here in this day and age, yoke actually wasn't just a work farm uh, tool or piece of equipment. It is that, but actually every rabbi had a yoke. So Jesus has a yoke and literally this is what the yoke is. The yoke is actually referring to his way of reading the Torah or the scriptures, but it's also his set of teachings on how to be human. So what Jesus is saying is take my yoke upon you. 
there is a new way to be human that actually doesn't have a disrest on the inside, that doesn't cause you to be frantic, that doesn't cause you to be chaotic, that doesn't cause you to try to search for, for, for belonging and value and everything. But the way that I am presenting a way of life, a new way to be human actually gives you a rest for your soul where you can be content no matter the circumstance. You know, I look at all of the figureheads throughout scripture, the apostles, the early church, and they seem to just be so content and willing to, to, to go through whatever trial, whatever circumstance came their way. You know, I wonder if it was because they understood that Jesus' yoke, his way to be human, actually offers rest for your inner world and a restful inner world produces a healthy outer world. That it doesn't matter what comes against you when your inner world is healthy, when you have a rest for your soul, you can tackle any trial. So Jesus is offering a new way to be human that is a rest for your soul. Like imagine these falling on the ears of the disciples. For so long, they've been brought up in a way and a Jewish custom and a tradition that was rule-based, that was to-dos, that was to-don'ts, that was hard, that was laborious. And then Jesus, this new teacher, this rabbi comes along and says, hey, 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 I've got a new yoke. It's an easy yoke. It's going to be rest for your soul. See, it's not, uh, Jesus isn't different from everyone else because he has a yoke. Every rabbi had a yoke. But what makes Jesus unique is that his yoke was easy. It was a rest for your souls. In our world, that's always reaching, that's always striving, that's always moving, that can never stop and be still. Hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. I'm offering you today a rest for your soul, a new way to be human. It's different from the way of the world. It brings a rest for your soul, soul deep healing, not just surface level. So you might ask, how Isaac, what does that look like? Sounds great. I want to accept the invitation of Jesus. This sounds so good, man. My life, uh, it's just frantic. It's chaotic. Yeah, I want this invitation. I want to accept it. I want to rest for my soul. Well, it means that we're willing to learn from the life of Jesus. Yeah, I heard one guy say this. If you want to accept the life of Jesus, you need to be willing to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. If you want to accept and live in the result or the outcome of what Jesus offers, you need to be willing to adopt actually the patterns, the principles, the lifestyle that Jesus demonstrates for us in the Gospels. A lot of us want the results, like I said, but we're unwilling to actually adopt the habits, the practices of Jesus. See, the modern church, I think, has lost sight that the way of Jesus is about more than ideas. It's about more than theology. It's about more than to do's and to don't. It's about more than ethics. The way of Jesus is actually a lifestyle. Jesus is inviting you into a way of living that is restful for your souls. So are you willing to accept the invitation of Jesus to say, you know what, I've realized that maybe I haven't been experiencing inner peace, inner health wholeness at a soul level, but I want to change. Jesus is still offering you the same invitation he offered 2,000 years ago to you in 2020. Let me read it again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest for my soul. Take my yoke. Remember, yoke being his uh, way to be human, his reading, his teaching of the Torah, of the scripture. That's his yoke. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Follow Jesus' habits. Follow Jesus' practices. You know what that means is we need to be in the Bible. We need to be reading this. We need to be unpacking. What did Jesus do? What was it about him that even though the world around him could be chaotic, there was just this consistency. There was this calmness. What I would say, there was a healthy soul that Jesus had. How did he do that? We need to be reading this. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit. But it means that we need to be willing to learn from him. Why? For you will find rest for your souls. This means we take seriously moments of prayer. 
You know, as I've, as I've been reading, you see clearly that Jesus was a man of prayer. That even though the world was pulling him, people were pulling him, he would take time every day. He was intentional to spend time with God the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, was intentional about spending time with his Father. Why? Because I think that reset his soul. It provided perspective to his inner world. He was able to maintain a course that was consistent because he had a healthy soul. It means we understand and take seriously the moments of prayer. It means that we take seriously time spent with God. We hear from him. We listen to him. We ask him what he wants to reveal to us. We spend time praying throughout the day. It means that we have to do these things. We learn the power of sitting where you don't need to prove anything. You don't need to have your house clean and your garage cluttered. You don't have to prove anything, but you are real and honest with God. You can, you can, you can show him everything. I mean, he knows it anyway. I don't know if you know this, maybe you're watching for the first time. Jesus came to this earth, lived a life, died on a cross, was put in a tomb and was raised to life so that you and I could be set free from sin. That sin literally is just uh, missing the mark, doing not God's way. Plainly put, it means that we can be free from that and we can have a healthy insight. It means that we sit with God. We don't have to prove. We don't have to maintain an image. We get to come just as we are. The first thing we need to do if we want to have a healthy soul is accept the invitation of Jesus in Matthew 11. Let me read it again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but that is so appealing to me in 2020. I want to find rest for my soul. You want a healthy soul? It begins by accepting Jesus' invitation to a new way of living. Secondly, as we wrap up is this, we have to accept the invitation. We have to understand the power of an anchor. Hebrews 6.19, again, a passage we all know. As I've been reading, I don't know if you know this, but the Bible literally uses the word soul hundreds of times. There are a plethora of scriptures you could go down. I encourage you to do that in your own time, to open up the Bible, do a word search on Google if you need to, scriptures with soul in it, but begin to unpack this idea because I tell you right now, a healthy soul is important to God. Hebrews 6.19 says this, I'm sure we all know it. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the what? Soul. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And there's lots that we could unpack in there, but I love this. We have this as a sure and steady anchor of the soul. <laughs> there's that word again, soul. You know, I think a way that we can have a healthy soul is by understanding the imagery in this passage of scripture is that a in healthy inner world begins by understanding that sometimes in life, Jesus isn't about lifting you out, but he's about anchoring you in. I think a lot of the turmoil of the inside happens when there's an external result that we're not happy with and we think that it's Jesus' responsibility to just lift us out. But I love Hebrews 6.19 says, no, 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 no. You have this as an anchor for your soul. An anchor is to plunge deep into something firm, is to plunge deep into something solid that even when the waves crash, even when the wind comes, you can remain steady, you can remain uh, consistent and on the course. Why? Because you are anchored in and Jesus wants to anchor your soul. So that when the external world <laughs> begins to go crazy, when, the, the, when a global pandemic comes, you know, it might knock you for a bit, but ultimately you're not shaken, you're not taken out because your inner world is in, built into a foundation. There is an anchor for your soul, a hope for your soul. 
The goal of Christianity sometimes, <laughs> catch this, it's not the removal of a storm. It's something way more powerful than that. It's the ability to have an anchor in the midst of a storm. It's not about an out. It's about an anchor. That's the power of Christianity. That the world could throw you anything. Your boss could throw you anything. Uh, the devil, the enemy could throw you anything. Lie after lie, but it's not going to shake you because there is an anchor for your soul. I think a simple perspective shift like this can all, almost remove a lot of our worries, a lot of our fears, a lot of our concerns. Because like I said, we often want an external result, but Jesus doesn't always operate like that. But what he does guarantee is an anchor for your soul that you will withstand. And you know what I love about an anchor is it tells me that I will go through the other side. I will go. I love last week's message. If you didn't hear it, I encourage you to do that. But God is in your present and he's also in your future. He's working in your present and he's waiting in your future. God gives you an anchor for your soul that you can withstand the external trials and troubles. I love that the author, like I said, has there is an anchor for your soul. He could have said anything, but he said an anchor for your soul. So just in closing, I want to take some some time today and encourage you to ask yourself this week, how am I on the inside? Maybe it means you need to put time into your calendar to actually stop. To actually sit. It could be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. But I want to encourage you, take time to stop. To ask yourself, how am I on the inside? Maybe that's confronting for you. Maybe find someone that you trust, a life group leader a friend, a family member, and you just say, hey, I just want to want to talk to you. I don't know. I want to address, how am I on the inside? And just begin to talk. Someone that you don't have to keep an image up, that you can open the garage door. You can let them in. You can see every, you, that you let them see everything that no one else sees. But I'll encourage you this. God desires for you to have a healthy soul. So I want to encourage you to do that this week. Take some, t- take some time to pause, to stop, to listen, and ask yourself, how am I going on the inside? to read Matthew 11, the invitation of Jesus, that there is a rest for your souls. Encourage you to read that, meditate on that, pray about that. Like I said, my goal today wasn't to provide all the answers. It was just to ignite a conversation that you can begin to look at this in a deeper way. You can begin to find real health on the inside, soul health. I would encourage you to read Matthew 11, read Hebrews 6, 19, unpack that, ask questions, talk to someone, take time to stop, to be still, and to ask yourself, how am I on the inside? I'll finish with this. 3 John, I'm going to read it again, straight from Scripture. My prayer for you today, elevation. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Shall we pray together? And as we do, maybe you're here today and you go, you know, I've been invited to send the link from a friend. I'm watching it with some people at a home uh, and you don't even know who this Jesus is or maybe you have an idea of Christianity and you go, mate, this doesn't sound like what I thought it, what I thought it was coming into this. I want to tell you right now that the invitation of Jesus is there for you. 
that you can find a rest for your soul. And it begins by saying, you know what? I cannot do this life on my own. I understand that I've sinned. I understand that God, I was designed to be in relationship with you. And today I want to make a decision that you would, and ask that you would forgive me and that I would make you the Lord of my life. So all I'm going to do is say a quick prayer. And I want to encourage you to say that after me. And if you say that, there's going to be uh, next steps that you can take, which we'll be telling you after this. But let's pray this prayer together. If that's you say, dear Jesus, I pray today that you would come on the inside, that you would clean me of everything, ask for forgiveness. And I, and, I, and I pray that you are Lord of my life. I believe in you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.